Hi everyone and welcome to Two Words with Taku. I'm Taku Mbudzi and I live in Melbourne, Australia. And I started this podcast to talk about how much I love words, I love to write, I love books and just anything to do with what it's like to be a writer. That's pretty much what I talk about on this podcast. Now, over several episodes, I've talked about so many different things from interviewing comedians to talking about my own stand-up comedy to sharing poems to interviewing authors, just a whole lot of different things. But one of my most popular episodes is one where I did a technical review, so a technical book review of Austin Kleon's Show Your Work. It's a book that talks about, you know, funny and interesting ways to just show the work that you do or the things that you're passionate about. And the most feedback I've gotten is that that episode was interesting because I talked about the technical aspect of that book, how it looked, the fonts, the the layout, etc. And that's stuff that genuinely interests me because I work as a technical writer. And look, there are episodes that explain what that is. But for today, I'm going to do another technical review. And this is because I genuinely am interested in this topic and this way of looking at books. And now that I know you guys are interested in it as well, I might as well keep doing this uh, with things that I love. So today I will be reviewing The Big Issue magazine. Now this magazine is, um, I'll just read what the website actually says. So thebigissue.org.au says, The Big Issue is a not-for-profit social enterprise that develops solutions to help homeless, marginalized, and disadvantaged people positively change their lives. So that's what the overall organization The Big Issue is about. And they publish a magazine every fortnight that then, you know, puts together all these current stories, um, ideas, poems, all sorts of different things. Now, I subscribed to this magazine a few years ago because I personally have a heart for people who are homeless or people who are disadvantaged. And it's come out of two things. So a couple of years ago, I went to San Francisco on holiday and it's a beautiful city. Oh my gosh, so much to see, eat, drink, enjoy. But I was overwhelmed by the state of you know, how many homeless people there were and also starting to have conversations with homeless people. I'd never really done that. So, you know, I had people coming up to me and I was genuinely curious, like, how did you end up here and and why are you here? And I just remember leaving that city feeling like, wow, you know, you hear so much about the amazing things that happened in San Francisco with technology and business. But then the reality is there are people who are struggling. So when I came back to Australia, I I was more aware of the fact that there are homeless people here and homelessness has been an issue that's been um, growing in Australia for all sorts of reasons, you know, mental health issues, you know, the different ways that the economy affects poor people, etc. And again, I felt I felt like, what can I do? What can I actually do? And before with this big issue magazine, what happens is they actually have people Um, the vendors, they are the people who are homeless or marginalized or disadvantaged. They are literally the ones who sell the magazine on the streets. And they sell it because um, half of the money goes to, uh, I assume, the big issue, but then the rest of it goes to them. So it's an actual way of them 
having an income, um, you know, building confidence, being out in the community, etc. And so I used to buy the big issue, you know, once in a while, I used to see it and I'd buy it and, you know, maybe talk to the homeless person or the vendor and that was good. But when I came back from San Francisco, I, I thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to actually commit and subscribe to this magazine. So that's the story of how I ended up being someone who subscribes to this magazine. And it's actually at this stage, the only magazine I'm subscribed to, which says a lot because I'm very picky <laughs> and I'm very fussy about, you know, signing up to just anything. So I just thought it would be a good idea to talk through what it is I like about this magazine and also talk about it in the context of typesetting. Now typesetting is, in layman's terms, how you put together words and images on paper so you can print it or publish it. So it's an actual art form in itself, but to keep it simple, it's in essence how you make these words and these pictures come together in a way that's engaging and interesting for people. So I've told you about the heart of this magazine, why I personally like it, and, and what I like how I feel about it and why I want to, to subscribe to it because it's an artistic and it's a collaborative way of supporting then the homeless, marginalized and disadvantaged people I am literally and physically seeing on the streets and in the community around me. So it's a way that I am able to read and to learn about the world around me but also it indirectly, oh, indirectly, no, it directly supports the people who genuinely need that help. Okay, so, oh, I forgot to tell you guys, for the last, in fact, since I started this podcast, the very first people I wanted to interview about this, um, this magazine are the actual editors at the magazine and also the graphic designers. I have contacted them a couple of times to try and get them on the show, but that hasn't worked out. And I'm just going to be very generous and say, or <laughs> generous and, and just assume that they are fully busy. So the magazine itself, uh, from what I understood, it's mainly mag um, volunteers who put it together. So the editors and everybody, they're volunteers. And then with the graphic designers, they obviously have a crazy sh production schedule. Plus they have other stuff that they're working on. So maybe that's why I haven't heard back. Um, at the beginning, I wanted to get cranky. Like, come on, people. I love you guys. I want to talk to you. But then... Um, I think I talked about it in another episode that, oh, you know what? It's okay. I can still talk about this and there's no need to get upset. As in, yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm not upset. All right. Oh my gosh. Sorry, people. That's seven minutes. I haven't even talked to you about it yet. Okay. So this is going to be, I guess, talking about um, how it's laid out and then the impact it has on how I experience this magazine. And as you're listening to what I'm saying, it's also stuff that you might be able to put to your own documents or your own things that you produce. So I'm always making things. I'm always designing documents. I'm always doing graphic design work. So as I'm speaking and as I was reviewing this, this magazine and reading it, knowing I was going to record this episode, I was also learning about, okay, how can I apply this to my own documents? And I really hope that that helps you out as well. Okay, I'll start with the cover. 
And I've got photos of it in the actual plastic as it arrives, you know, in my mailbox. So the cover is clear. So straight away, when I pull it out of the mailbox, the cover always just grabs me. I literally stop and I go, oh, okay, this is the topic. And what's my feeling about this topic? And I've got images there of different covers that I've taken photos of over the years. But um, I love that the cover always, always grabs my attention. Now think about it. If you're a vendor and you're on the street with this magazine saying to people, hey, you know, please buy this magazine. And there are literally hundreds of people streaming past you at the train station or at the bus stop or wherever it is you sell this magazine. The cover needs to grab people's attention. So I think that's quite powerful in itself that if you have a cover for a book or for a magazine, it should grab people's attention and pretty much say what they should expect to see and hear. And I found over the years that they always have one solid image. So one solid picture that grabs your attention. And in this case, it's Wonder Woman. So the movie Wonder Woman is out. You know, everybody kind of knows who Wonder Woman is. If you don't, you've kind of maybe seen her around. Now, for me personally, I like cartoons. I like um, illustrations. So I, I really was drawn to this cover already. And what's really clever is how they've tied in the color. So the big, bold red and the yellow, and then tying it in with those those lights that she has behind her, then the big black mane of her hair, and then the bold color of the Wonder Woman title itself. And then they've used comic book sort of styled uh, fonts on there as well. And then I love how they've tied in the red with the red badge that they always have on the magazine cover. So this, this badge at the front, it says... I have subscribed to the Big Issue magazine to help employ homeless women because it's actually homeless women who put the magazine together and package it in the plastics, etc. before it comes out to people like us, the subscribers. But that, that red sticker is always red. It never changes. It always looks like that. And so for this image now to tie in the red heading with the same red color of that sticker is quite clever. And then at the top as well, they've put the four different names of people that they're going to discuss or interview in this issue. So there's Mem Fox, who's a well-known Australian author. Then there's the Notorious B.I.G., who is a well-known hip-hop icon, right? So already you're like, huh, in the same issue? Yes. Then they've got Stephen Curry, who's an Australian actor slash comedian. And then John Safran, who is John Safran. He is, I don't even know how to describe him. He's just John Safran. Google him. Um, so I like that the cover already is piquing my interest. So before I've even taken it out of the plastic, I'm already like, ooh, what's in this one? And then right there in the small print, I love that under the date and the price of the magazine, it says, helping people help themselves. $3.50 of the $7 cover price goes to your vendor. So even if you've never seen this magazine before, if you're curious or you just happen to come across it, this whole cover already says what this magazine is about. I like that. And I think that's very clever. All right, so 
Then you open the magazine. I'm literally doing that. And you're caught by the layout of the first sort of double spread. So with most magazines, they put all their publishing information in the inside cover. So these guys do the same thing. So you can see where their offices are, who their people are, contact details, etc. And then on the right hand side, they've got all the, the main um, contents page or the, the table of contents, which now gives you the information of where to find the stories that you're interested in. And in this situation, they've got a beautiful image behind it. So this layout is always the same, uh, pretty much. And I like that consistency, so I'll open it. And yep, there I can see where, where everything is. And then you go through the magazine. Now, I like how they've got the white text against the dark image. So normally, you know, they say, be selective with, with using um, white text on dark backgrounds because it can actually be hard for people to read. But I don't know, for this, uh, for this, for this issue, it works. It works for me. It's not too harsh on my eyes. It's yeah, it works. Now, just to say, you guys, I'm not. I'm probably not going to describe every single page or show photos of every single page, out of manners, because obviously, um, you know, people buy this magazine, and and there's a lot of work that goes into putting putting um, it together. So what I'll describe, yeah, I guess I'm going to try and and leave a bit more mystery as well. So I won't talk through everything um okay so one of my favorite things is what happens on the next double spread so on the right hand side they often have vendor profiles so what they do is they interview the very people who are selling this magazine the very people that they represent and they will have a big image so it's normally half a page of that vendor so when you turn the page you literally see someone and I think that's quite powerful so when you're using images in your work if you if you want to show something there is something quite powerful about making that image stand out and so you open the page and you see this vendor and in this issue um, let's see Brad his name is Brad and he sells the big issue at the Riverside Ferry Terminal in Queens Plaza in Brisbane so already you open it and you get to read the story of this person and a lot of the times the stories are pretty real and they're real in the sense that people talk about the tough things that they've gone through you know how they became perhaps homeless or how they've you know been in tough times and then also talk about how they came to be uh, a vendor for this magazine and then I don't know I think it's the editors who do it but there's always a sense of hope like they're not I never read these profiles and feel pity I know it sounds crazy because I don't think any of these vendors ever want pity but I always feel a sense of um, hope I always feel like oh there's hope in what this person is sharing or there's hope in the fact that this person has put themselves out so I really like these stories and I think this is quite a powerful thing again for the for the magazine to show us the people that they're representing. Um, and look, there's there's often other um, 
on the other side, on the left-hand side, you know, people can write in their comments about previous issues or things like that. So now that's the wider community, people like, like me or other readers, you can send in your stuff. But I don't know, I'm always drawn to the vendor profile first. And then I might look at, oh, okay, there were some tweets. Yep, cool. Then you turn the page and they have a section called Street Sheet. And this is dedicated to stories, poems and pictures by big issue vendors and friends. So again, now you get to see and hear the creative side of these vendors. And some of the, pro the poems are so beautiful. Some of the little stories are quirky and interesting. But I love reading that as well. So when I'm now on the streets and I'm seeing these vendors, I'm like, wow, I wonder if they wrote a poem or maybe they've written a story. And what's also nice is when I pass them and they try and sell me the magazine, I say, no, 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 I'm subscribed. So, yep, I've already seen that one. I love this story. Or, oh, like, have you ever written a story? I don't know. It just changes then that conversation I have with these people um, in my community as well. So I think this is quite powerful. Also showing these people, these vendors, these people who are, you know, on the fringes of maybe society, showing them as people who are creative, who have stories to share, and then literally publishing it. So imagine you're the vendor saying, hey, buy this magazine, my poem is in here. Oh, I just love that. I love that because I feel as if that builds pride and self-esteem in very clever ways. You're not forcing them to do it, but. I don't know, they've got the opportunity to share more than just the sad stuff. So yeah, I really love it. Um, shall I read one? Okay, so there's one here, I'll just read a short one. It says, pedal power. And it just says, I do as much bike riding as possible. On 18 June, I'm doing the Brizzy to the Bay bike event. I also did it last year. And this was written by Eddie, who sells the big issue at Kelvin Grove Markets in Brisbane. Now, that sounds, you know, that's a couple of sentences. But I don't know who Eddie is. But if I already know he's a vendor, I know he's not, you know, he might be in a situation that isn't ideal for him. I, I don't know this Eddie guy, but in just those couple of sentences, that's a big deal to him. This bike event is, is a huge thing to him. And I feel happy and excited for him. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I like the street sheet. I think it's a very powerful um, thing that they do. So it just says here, there is a note that says, all vendor contributors to street sheet are paid for their work, which is lovely. So again, it's another way of getting income for writing, for writing something, for writing your story or your poem. And then with the layout of this page, it's always one page, three columns, and they just, um, they use really big subheadings for each person. So right now, if I read the headings out, they're in bold red, and it feels as if that red is carrying through the whole magazine. Um, again, tying in to the cover and the Wonder Woman thing. So the headings here, teamwork, bravo, all our love, chocolates and hugs, everyday heroes, and Eddie's story, which I just read, Pedal Power. Okay, so I'll move on. And then they have hearsay, which is normally just, you know, fun little cartoons or quotes that have been said in the media or in the news. And yeah, sometimes they're quite funny. 
so I like how they use illustrations and cartoons throughout the magazine. And at this point, I'll also mention now that they do have full full page adverts as well for different organizations. So, so far we've had the Foundation for Rural and Regional Renewal. Um, okay. And then there's one for a real estate agent that is the first not-for-profit real estate agency. Um, you know, so they start to, to introduce advertisers who are linked to supporting the community or who support this magazine. So, yeah, I think they do that quite cleverly as well. So you will always, um, you always get a sense from how even the, the ads are laid out that there is a consideration of how they complement then the rest of the stuff that's in there, the stories, the illustrations, the poems, etc. Okay, so same thing again, another ad. Guys, I'm literally turning the page. And then they have some other regular contributors in there as well. So they're comedians and writers. And I normally skip this section. Sometimes I'll read it. Um, but yeah, I normally skip that one. Okay, and then we get to the cover story. So right now we're at page 14. So it's been a gentle introduction to what the magazine is about, who they represent, the stories, the kind of companies that support them, and then the cover story. Because remember, we picked up this magazine because we saw Wonder Woman on there. And I love this spread at the moment. It is bright yellow, bright yellow. And they've got Wonder Woman there. And I mean, it's just, it's just a visual delight of color, red and bright yellow. And then in the, the yellow background has dots through it. And it's even got the, you know, sort of kapow stars and things like that. And I think it's very clever how it's laid up because, I mean, it's Wonder Woman. I think there's something very um, announcement-y. I know that's not a word, but there's something very announcement-y about this story but then you can also feel it about the movie people have been carrying on about you know this is a this is a female superhero you know it's all about female power so that's sort of been the conversation that i've been picking up around you know my world before i saw this magazine and interestingly enough um I don't often go and watch superhero movies anyways. So nothing has made me feel like, oh, I should go and watch the Wonder Woman movie because I'm a girl or, you know, yay for girl power. I just generally don't watch them in, you know, I just, yeah, I just don't generally do that anyways. But I can see and understand how for a lot of people who are, first of all, hardcore superhero comic fans would absolutely want to read about this. They would absolutely get and appreciate how this is laid out. They would absolutely appreciate the history of Wonder Woman, how she started, you know, how they've casted the movie, the actors. And when you turn the page, they've actually got an Australian illustrator called Nicola Scott who talks about her own wonderful career, how she contributed to this and how she, you know, has been inspired by some of this work. And so I think it's quite clever how the big issue always finds, you know, those topical conversations or those things that are trending and then writes about it because I guess that's what you want. That's what you want to know that this magazine is relevant, it's current, but it's also curious and it's also 
you know, informative. So for me now reading the story, I'm learning about Wonder Woman. There are things in here I did not know. Um, for example, let me just go back. What was it that I, uh, that I read? Uh, sorry guys, I'm trying to speed read it again. Um, oh, so about the guy who created Wonder Woman. So his name was Dr. William Moulton Marston. And he was inspired by his wife to create this, this superhero female. You know, I didn't know that. You know, so I was like, oh, okay. So it's an actual doctor, psychologist, you know, somebody who was in that frame of mind who came up with this superhero character. You know, so to me, that's interesting. That's quite, you know, that's a story in itself. So I like that they've laid it out in a way that engages hardcore fans who want to know more about this movie that they're obsessing about or that they're curious about they've shown us a bit of the history included illustrations the layout has a comic booky feel to it the fonts the the um the images that they've used i don't know i think it's very clever and yep yeah, within four pages you know we're done with that bit and then you move on and now they've done you know, they've included an interview with the girl or the lady who's playing Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, I think that's how you say it. Oh, sorry if I'm mashing that up. And so that that um, carries on as well. And now with all of their articles, they always put something at the bottom about the writer, where to find more information. And, um, you know, it's it's also quite subtly done. And I think that's quite nice. So, you know, normally you'll find articles where it's got the heading, subheading, and then it talks about who the author is, and then it goes into the article. Well, here for each piece, they normally put that information at the end. So that, yeah, if you are curious about this person, where would I find out more about them? And so in here, they might include their Twitter handles or their, um, their blog post links or the, the title of their podcasts. Um, which I see as an invitation to connect with these people and their and their community beyond that. So I, I think that's quite clever. Okay, um, they've got another story in here, which is yeah quite deep and powerful as well. So it's called 20 Years of Sorry. And they've interviewed um, a lady called Auntie Lorraine Peters. And it talks about the stolen generation um, and the story of Aboriginal children who were removed from their families. And I haven't taken photos of this spread or this story out of respect. So just culturally here in Australia, you can't just take photos of Aboriginal people and just, you know, post them everywhere. Um, there are a lot of cultural things around that. And um, I don't know if I've ever told you guys, but my ex-husband is Aboriginal. So even through that, I learned a lot of things around you know, how you share stories that aren't yours about Aboriginal people, things like that. So when I when I saw this story, I really read it. And then it's got some beautiful images of um, Auntie Lorraine Peters and her family in here and just her story. And I like that again. It's, it's the way it's presented. The Stolen Generations in Australia is such a, it's such a deep um, topic and it gets political, it gets, it gets, it's painful. It is actually quite painful for a lot of people. So I like how they've presented it um, with the colors. And in fact, 
when you look at coming from the bright yellow of the Wonder Woman story and then now to this more um, beautiful, poignant story about, you know, sorry, forgiveness, self-discovery. They've gone into these dark green colors and Auntie is smiling in this, in this spread and she looks happy and she's got her children and, and her family there. So the tone of the images already suits the tone of the story, which I think is quite clever again. So when you're writing your documents, or at least when I'm doing mine, I am conscious of tone. I use a lot of bright color in my work anyway. So on my website, you'll see it's like bright pinks, fluoro yellow, the, the blues. Um, and I personally don't like to use dark colors in my work unless it's for a specific, I don't know, let's say it's highlighting fluorescent lights. Or so you need the contrast to be able to see the bright lights or something like that. But I can also appreciate that it's quite clever to be conscious of tone when you're designing your documents, you know. And even, for example, the they've got the quotes here and I don't know how it's laid out is very, it's very subtle, but powerful. I can't explain it. You'll have to get the magazine and have a look. Okay. Um, Moving on from that tone of a deep story, um, a story that requires respect, we move into now a story about the great southern land. So driving across the Nullarbor, the Nullarbor Plain, which is, you know, southernmost part of Australia. And I loved this because I drove across the Nullarbor from Perth to Melbourne, which is about 3,500 kilometers. I drove across that plain. So when I saw this, I recognized this experience. And I love the images that show the, the starry night and then you turn the, the spread and they've just got four images of what it's like to drive across the Nullarbor and I've been there. So I don't know, reading this, I thought that was quite clever. The images speak for themselves and how they're laid out. They've got, um, you know, one shows somebody looking over the bite and, you know, one shows an abandoned car. The other one shows guys exploring in a cave. One shows one of the service stations. I think that's quite clever because even if you haven't been out there, when you turn the page and you're just, you know, you're just welcomed to these four different worlds that capture these four different moments and experiences together as a whole, I think that's quite powerful. Yeah, I think that's quite clever. And then they've got the credits for all the images just in a thin little um, column on the right hand side. So it's quite subtle. If you weren't looking for it, you, you could almost miss it. So I, I like that. And then they've got um, a white border separating the two images on each page. Um, yeah, I think that's quite clever because it makes the images stand out more and separates them rather than making them um, join together collages. So food for thought, you know, how you lay out your images. Yeah, you can just plonk them all on the one page, but how do you separate them so they tell different stories if, if they need to? Um, the next story is Mem Fox, and she's a children's author. 
Um, again, I've sort of heard of her and I read about her recently in the news when she traveled to America and she had a not so nice experience with the airport people. So I, I've heard of her and I hadn't really read her work. But how interesting to be reading the story and two things stand out to me. So first of all, she lived in Zimbabwe where I grew up. So the first line talks about I moved to Zimbabwe when I was six months. I was brought up on a mission. When I was 16, I was at an all-white girls' school. And she talks about how there were prefects and houses and sports days and hockey. Just in those two sentences alone, I get it. I get it. Because that is my story. Prefects, houses, hockey. So I like that. I was pleasantly surprised reading this. And then turns out she has also published a book called I'm Australian Too. And it just talks about what that looks like, you know, a more diverse and multicultural Australia. And that's similar to a children's book that I've written. So I don't know. I liked, I liked opening that and seeing this interview. And I like that they have carried through the same sort of dark green, um, they've, they've carried through the same sort of dark green background for the other story where they were talking with um, Auntie Lorraine and that's the background that's sort of there for Mem but now Mem is in this bright pink polka dotty shirt and has the biggest smile and she just looks real and she looks happy and and this is one thing I probably like a lot about this magazine the people are real. There's not a lot of Photoshop. They're not, you know, got eyelashes up to the wazoo. They're just normal, real people. And I like that. Um, I think that's very clever on the part of the magazine again, because I, I would assume that the, the, the readers or the subscribers want to read about or talk about or know or learn about real people or real stories you know we talked about the vendors and we talked about the different people who support this magazine and this organization and i've always found the interviews are of real people or the real aspects of people doing big things i wish i could explain that better but as in it's just I don't know, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel shallow. Oh, for example, you know, like tabloid magazines, you'll pick up the gossip magazines and you learn about what so-and-so had for lunch or, or who they're hooking up with or that kind of stuff. Nah, this magazine's not about that. Mm. Okay, moving on. Um, okay, so I like how they are starting to tie through the pink. For some reason now, I look back. And the story about the Nullarbor, Mem's pink shirt, and then now an article about the notorious B.I.G. There's now this pink thread going through. So we've gone from the bright red and the Wonder Woman red and the bright yellow. All of a sudden, I'm picking up a theme of the pinks. So I think that transition has happened very subtly. So when you are designing your documents or when I'm designing mine, yeah, there are ways that you can 
mix things up in a way that still feels seamless and still feels cohesive. So as a whole magazine, as a package, it still works together. And I love that in this article, I've gone to the hardcore hip hop icon that is the Notorious B.I.G. after having spoken to, you know, a friendly faced, um, bright smiled, smiling Australian children's author. I don't know. I like that. I like the contrast of that. And the article about Biggie is laid out in the same format that they have for all the articles. Um, it's mainly the three columns and, you know, sometimes they'll have quotes in between that span two columns and then they have the information about the contributor or the writer of that article at the bottom. So yeah, I enjoyed reading that article. And onwards, I mean, seriously guys, I'm sorry, but there's just so much I could talk about. Maybe I shouldn't talk about everything page by page, spread by spread. Uh, maybe I'll get to the review section. Okay, so the review section of the big issue is something that I also really like. So they review film, TV, music, and books. Every single issue, they will talk about new things that are out. They'll give them um, star ratings. And I like the layout of the reviews because each page is dedicated to something. So for example, the, the book one, I'll go straight to that one. I always look at the books one first and then the other ones. Um, and funnily enough, interestingly enough, Melanie Houston's book, Gravity Well, is mentioned in this book review section. And they haven't reviewed it, they're just talking about books that are coming out. But normally they will have one main thing that they will feature on each review page. And they will put out, it's like a, it's almost like a call out box or a border that's dotted. So that always grabs my attention first. And then they talk about that. And then they'll have normally three to four different um, things that they review as well. So they've got different books that they've reviewed under the Gravity Well one. And I like the layout of that because they mix it up. Sometimes they might have two main columns and then they put the other three in there or they might just do some crazy collage things with those different blocks of information and reviews. And they always include a little image because again, it's quite good when you can visually see, um, you know, a snapshot from that movie, or you can see the cover of that book, or see the cover of that album, because then you'll remember it. So if you're now out at the shops, you will remember visually, oh yeah, they reviewed that. And the reviews are normally short, sweet, to the point, you get a sense of what it's about, you can look at the stars, and yeah, less is more. And what else? They have, oh, they have some ongoing contributors as well. So there's a lady here, Lauren Clark, and she's a Melbourne-based writer and a co-host of the Stupidly Small Small podcast. So she writes some interesting things here, and I've read quite a few of the articles over time, and yeah, sometimes they're really funny. Um, but yeah, I like that that's a consistent thing that you will always see a story or an opinion piece or some sort of commentary about something unexpected. And the title of this one is called Welcome to Yikes. And it's two columns and she just writes and they normally have, you know, a really bold heading 
and then just a few texts. I'm trying to work out how many words this might be. Hmm. Hmm. Let's see. I should have probably counted before I came on here. I would hazard a guess and say this is about, I don't know, 600 to 800 words. Or maybe I'm being too generous. Either way, it's a page. So every so often, this lady and other writers like her have a whole page to say something. And the good thing as well, by the way, the big issue is very open to receiving unsolicited material. So they say that on their website, something like you don't have to be, you know, a well-known author or really famous to contribute to this magazine. So this is another good thing that I like, that if you are a writer or you have a story and you want to see it in this magazine, they're very open to hearing from you and all their contact details are there. So they say, you know, tell us about your idea. And then they have the constraints for how many words. And I think you do get paid if you contribute. Um, I've never done it before, but who knows? I just like that the option is there should I decide to do that. And then we get to one of my favorite areas of the magazine towards the end now is the puzzles, the crosswords, the wordplay. Um, it's, yeah, it's good. And then they have a little cartoon every month or so. They have some illustrations. And I think that's quite nice as well because you read all the stuff and then, yeah, maybe you're on the train and you just want to do a number puzzle or a crossword. It's very clever how they do that. They've got that at the end. And then they also put in all their editorial information. So then if you have inquiries about advertising or subscriptions, you've got that at the back. And when you get to the puzzles section, there's definitely less color. So it's more about black and white so that those words and those numbers and even the crossword grid pop out more. So it almost, um, I don't know, it, it, it just has a subtle way of doing it. So then they'll put color in the headings or they'll put color in the background, um, you know, of let's say the adders coil. And I think that's quite clever, especially because when you're now working on these puzzles, you don't want to be distracted by lots of color behind it. You know how there's something quite clear and um, I guess easier when you're writing black on white. So I can imagine if you're doing the crossword, the less color there is to distract you as you're thinking. Um, yeah, the better that is. And then you get to the end and they normally have, I don't know, sometimes they have quizzes, sometimes they have stories. It just varies quite a bit. So that will be now the final story or article on the left-hand page. And then on the right-hand page, they normally have an ad or some sort of call to action. And in this situation, um, it's just an ad for the big issue itself. So I've taken a photo of that because I assume they won't mind me sharing that. And then at the back, they might have another ad and then that's it. I like this magazine. I like it because it's not too hard to read. It's colorful. It's got enough of the things that I like to read, so stories of other people, poems. Um, it's got illustrations throughout it. It's got crosswords and word puzzles. It's informative. And if I feel like contributing, I feel as if 
they would hear me or they provide a platform for me to share my ideas, whether it's a tweet, whether it's a story. I don't know. I like that. And the thing I like the most is that it helps me help people help themselves. So if you would like to read more about the big issue or look at previous issues that they've published, you can find them at thebigissue.org.au. And if you'd like to read more about me and my work and my stories and my crazy adventures, you can find me at taku.com.au. You've been listening to Two Words with Taku, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you.